is up everybody this is dr joe armstrong i'm on my own today today we're talking another case study this time on the dairy side and this time we're talking about a few mistakes i made when i was in practice this is an older case something that came up in practice definitely made mistakes on this and i'll walk you through what i did wrong and how we got to an eventual solution and what was wrong with our solution as well so today we're talking about Klebsiella mastitis in a dairy herd. This was a real herd that I worked with. They milk about 500 cows. And we started seeing cows have signs of Klebsiella or coliform mastitis, just gram negative mastitis, really severe, lots of inflammation in the udder, watery milk coming out, cows dying, getting incredibly sick and going downhill really, really fast. Pretty common when we're talking about gram-negative mastitis or coliform mastitis, which would include E. coli as well. That's why we use vaccines like J5 or JVAC. We're trying to keep cows alive if they do get exposed to a coliform mastitis. The problem is those vaccines do not cover Klebsiella. Similar to E. coli, these cows get really sick really fast. So how did we distinguish between the two? Well, we knew we had protection in for E. coli in the form of J5 or JVAC, whichever one we were using. And so when we started to see cases break through that vaccine and we're having cows dying, we got very suspicious. Now it's time to culture. And the cultures came back, Klebsiella, not E. coli. So Klebsiella is a really difficult bug to get a handle on because once a cow gets Klebsiella, they can become chronically infected and when they are chronically infected, they become a risk to other cows and could be potential source of infection for other cows when they're chronically infected. Now, not all cases of Klebsiella are super severe. You know, about a third of them are mild, a third of them are moderate, and a third are very severe. Klebsiella is pretty much everywhere. I've seen a bunch of different numbers out there, but basically we're showing greater than 80% of all fecal samples from healthy cows, we can find Klebsiella. So it's there. And manure, just like with E. coli, becomes a major source of contamination or major source of Klebsiella in this case. So this farm calls that we know that we're dealing with something. We culture it, we find Klebsiella. Now, this is me as a baby vet trying to come in, figure out what's going on, not having a great handle on everything that's happening on this farm, but knowing that I have some data to show me that we have an effective vaccine for Klebsiella. And I can find a way to put this vaccine in and we can get the get it solved. And that was the end of where I really stopped. I, I stopped looking, to be honest. I found a problem. I put a vaccine. Problem solved. Now, as I learned more about this farm in particular, and the more time I spent there, I realized how I had screwed up, in my opinion, in how we went about solving this issue. So I was stuck in that loop, and we talked about this before on this, this podcast of I found a bug, I found a solution for the bug in the form of a needle, and I quit. And as I learned more about this farm, as I became uh, better at my job, in my opinion, I realized that there were other things that we should have addressed that may have solved this problem. And I set the I set the expectations wrong with the producer 
up front by saying, here's the solution. It's the vaccine. Later, when we started to try to work on other things that I think were the actual true source of the problem and would have prevented Klebsiella in the first place, I still had this vaccine and I had set myself up wrong to where I could not take it out because I had set the priorities wrong in this producer's head and they really were hesitant to take out the vaccine, even though I was pretty confident we had a great handle on cleanliness and everything else that goes into preventing Klebsiella and we probably didn't need it. But I screwed up early in the process and it was too late. The reason that I kick myself over this is that Klebsiella vaccines are hard to fit in a schedule that's already full and in a protocol that's got a lot in it. When we're talking already, we've got coverage for E. coli mastitis. At this farm, we had a pink eye issue, so we were covering for that as well. Then you add in everything else you need to vaccinate for, finding room for this Klebsiella vaccine where it's going to do the least amount of damage to production and peak milks and everything else that goes into what you need to think about when you're putting in a vaccine because they're not benign, it was really difficult to find a spot for it and expensive. Now, dead cows are very expensive as well. So the fact that the vaccine is effective and it was saving cows, great. But we probably solved the true issue by looking further than just let's get a vaccine into these cows and we might have been able to pull the vaccine out if I hadn't told the producer how important it was up front and didn't tell them that it was a temporary fix while we made other changes to find the root cause of the problem. So how do you prevent Klebsiella in the first place? And what should I have concentrated on when I was figuring out how to put a Band-Aid on with vaccine and then go and find these other problems? Well, it's in the manure. We know that. We also know we have chronic cows, so we got to hit it from two two fronts. We got to look at how clean are we keeping particular areas in the dairy and free of manure, and then how are we identifying chronic cows that need either further treatment or need to leave. So manure is a big piece of this, particularly in the exit from the parlor, in the alleys leading to the parlor, everything where we accumulate manure around that udder. That includes beds. So this place was sand bedded. And something really as simple as just making sure we're walking through and scraping out beds so that if there is manure there, we get it the majority of it out. Uh, not driving the skid loader too fast when you are scraping out those alleys so you're not flinging manure up and over the curb. Because if you get a big wave of manure in front of that skid loader and you're driving it too fast, it will hop that curb and end up in the bed. Utter prep becomes huge because we got to make sure that we're keeping everything as clean as possible, knowing it's in manure. You know, the basics, the fundamentals, things that we need to be paying attention to before we look for a needle or at least fixing, knowing that we're going to try to use the needle in the meantime while we get this other stuff straight, then the vaccine can come back out. That was my mistake. I didn't emphasize all these other preventatives that we needed to fix. And if I had, then we would have set up to take that vaccine out eventually. And as far as I know, it's still in because of my mistake up front of not emphasizing that this is a temporary fix. Well, we get this other stuff straight and then we can save money by pulling it out. There's just a lot of fear associated with this disease and how many cows died 
and I didn't set it up correctly. And now that producer is scared to take it out, no matter how good a job they're doing with everything else. Now, I want to make a big point here. There is a chance in a lot of cases that the vaccine needs to stay in. You can't necessarily fix all the problems. And if you can't get to all the problems, the vaccine will have to stay in to lower your risk. And that's the point of the vaccine. It's insurance for if you're not doing everything else right or if there's uncontrollable circumstances or a disease that's so likely that you aren't going to be able to prevent cows from seeing it. Vaccines are important and sometimes they need to stay in. My point is, especially with a vaccine like this that is expensive and hard on cows, I really, really want the option of being able to take it out if we get the handle on all the other stuff. Also, when we see a vaccine work really, really well, it's my opinion that sometimes we de-emphasize some of these management things because we know we have the safety net of the vaccine. And that is the incorrect way to think about it because you're lowering your ceiling by not taking care of the management things. You don't know how much you're losing by not doing the management piece right and using the vaccine as a crutch. So as I got to know this farm better and I got to see all the things they were doing right and all the things that I saw as opportunities for improvement, there was a lot of things that related to this Klebsiella problem that we could fix and there were management fixes that this farmer was more than happy to work on. So one of those things was just making sure that alley, the return alley from the parlor was clean, no standing water, no manure, and scraping it out every once in a while during the milking process to make sure that we're not splashing open teat ends with that manure. Again, I mentioned driving too fast when you're scraping the alleys. As soon as we explain to the employees that this is why we're worried about this and I know you have a short amount of time to get this done, but this is why it's important that we don't drive full speed. Totally happy to do that. So we got that taken care of. We added some shovels to the employees that were going to get the cows and bring them to the parlor so they could scrape manure out of the beds. We started looking at reports, looking for those chronic cows and getting them either treated or out. There was so many things that we could do to try to get this problem solved without the vaccine or with the vaccine's help temporarily. The other piece that I found out in this process that, that made me frustrated that I didn't look for it was that they were using reusable towels to, for utter, utter prep. And as part of that process, they had an industrial washing machine and an industrial dryer to take care of all that laundry. Well, it turns out we had a couple of things happen right around the time that all this started that explain a lot of what happened. In their industrial washing machine, there was a miscommunication or something was broken, but I never got the full story. But what I found out was that there was no disinfectant that was being added during the washing process when we were washing those reusable towels that we use for utter prep. So that's a problem. At the same time, the dryer broke. So the towels, instead of going to this nice big industrial dryer that does a great job of getting them dry, were being done in a more home-sized model where some of the towels were getting dry and some of them weren't. So now we're taking 
towels that never saw a disinfectant that aren't completely dry and we're prepping cows with them. And I think that probably explained almost all of our Klebsiella issues or 90% of them. And because I didn't think to look for it, I didn't look for something really simple that wasn't a needle first, even when we fixed it, now I'm stuck in this position where trying to convince a farmer that we need to take a vaccine out or we could take a vaccine out, not that we need to, that we could take a vaccine out after I was so adamant that we needed it and that it was the savior of everything that we were going to do. Now I'm between a rock and a hard place. So hopefully you've learned a little bit about Klebsiella mastitis, how we manage it in terms of finding those chronic cows, getting them treated, culturing, which is a big piece to be able to identify what's going on, vaccine use, all the other preventative things that go along with management that you can do to prevent Klebsiella being a problem. And hopefully you've learned from my mistakes in how you present an issue and where you look for a solution when we're talking about a system, because there's all these simple management fixes that could have helped not only with Klebsiella mastitis, but all mastitis, cow comfort and everything else that goes into prevention that at the time I didn't take the time to look for. It's a big piece of what I saw as becoming a better veterinarian, moving away from these solutions at the end of a needle and finding the management fixes that get to the root of the problem. Unfortunately, I had to make some of these mistakes early on to figure that out. Hopefully you learned from my mistakes. You don't make them yourselves. If you have questions, comments, scathing rebuttals about this episode, please email us, themoosroom at umn.edu. Catch us on Twitter at umnmoosroom and at umnfarmsafety. Catch Bradley on Instagram at umnwcrocdairy. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Thank you.